So we get to the hospital, we get off the elevator, and I said, Mar I started shaking, and I said, Marta, I'm nervous to tell him that I don't want to be in the hospital anymore. She goes, let's pray. So she held my hand, and we're outside the elevator, and we're just in the hallway, and we're just praying. I said, God, give us the words, and help us to know this is the right decision. Give us peace about it, because what if I'm doing the exact opposite of what you want me to do, Lord? I want to do, do your will, not my will. This sounded good to me, but what if I'm choosing the wrong path, you know? Welcome to Love Shape Life Podcast. My name is Pastor Bob. Our guest today is Rick Perez. Again, welcome, Rick. Rick is sharing with us part two of his story and his battle with cancer and how God gave him the courage and the faith and the victory uh, over that battle. Rick, in part one of our story, we were going through your journey and uh, everything that had transpired in your life from the time you were diagnosed with cancer uh, to how God had put people in your life to encourage your faith and strengthen your faith. And God was leading you at each step of the way. And you were going through the chemo treatments and they were really taking a lot out of you. And then the doctor came in uh, one one day, you, as you described it, he burst into the room <laughs> and you didn't know what he was going to share with you, whether it was about uh, a score on a game that you had been watching, but he had the good news for you because he was sharing with you how the tumor had shrunk, Yes. right? And so that was really exciting. He said he had not seen anything like that before mm -hmm. and he was not a man of faith, but you let him know that you uh, knew that it was God who had brought that healing to you. Amen. Uh, Rick, from there, uh, with your physician, uh, the tumor had shrunk. So what was the, the protocol after that? After the tumor shrunk, what, what else did you go through? So not only had the tumor shrunk, but it was completely gone. Wow. And that was the key point in the whole story at that time. That's beautiful. And that's why I couldn't believe what he was saying. It was like God actually answered our prayers collectively, everyone who had been praying for me. So the protocol was for me to stay on the regimen for the three weeks in the hospital, the 10 days at home, and just to rebuild my immune system. And they wanted to ultimately do, and the fifth round was a bone marrow transplant where they would harvest my cells, freeze them, and reintroduce them back into my body and give me five rounds all at once. Wow. Well, I, I just want to back up because yes. this is part two, right? Yes. When, when you were mentioning the protocol mm -hmm. and going through the, the 10 days in the hospital? 10 days at home to recover. 10 days at home to recover and then back in the hospital for another treatment. That's right. But you were actually receiving four different types of chemo, of chemo drugs, uh, drugs mm -hmm. during that time in the hospital. That's right. And how long was each day in the hospital again? Three weeks. Three weeks, right? And then you would go home for 10 days. Then you do... Right. Uh, uh, three weeks again, but it's now very isolating. <laughs> yeah, and now after that, the plan was to do uh, a bone marrow, a bone marrow transplant. transplant yeah. Yes, which so um, I asked the doctor, well, what does that entail exactly? And he described everything that I just said. And I said, well, what percentage of people um, don't make it? He said, two percent, Rick. I go, you mean two out of a hundred? He goes, exactly. I said, well, I know easily more than five hundred people. And if I lost two of my friends, I would not be okay with that. So I said, um, I would rather not mm. go that route. Wow. And that was a big step of exercising my faith. Mm. And I knew in my heart of hearts that that bone marrow transplant was not for me. Um, and may I, may I back sure, up for a moment? Sure. I, I mean, 
two percent sounds like pretty good odds to me. <laughs> but it's, but you just it's all perspective. Felt, yeah, yeah. I, I just it wasn't good odds for me because mm -hmm. if I lost two of my good friends, sure. I, I would be devastated. I, I, I understand the analogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, that was a huge stake, a huge risk at stake. So what was going through your mind? I mean, what were you, what were going to be your options? Just do nothing or. Um, just stay on the chemo that I was getting and to, he, he, I asked him, I said, um, he goes, I recommend that you stay on the protocol as is because we don't know if there's any microscopic cells that might be lingering. We want to make sure we get that. So you have no recurrences. Mm -hmm. And I just was a compliant patient. I said, okay. So I stayed on two more rounds of chemo before I made the decision to leave the hospital. So during those two more rounds of chemo, you had mentioned earlier in the first podcast the effect that the chemo was having on you physically, mentally, mm -hmm. and emotionally. Was that still the experience that you were having? Unfortunately, it was. So even though I received the good news that my tumor was gone, I still looked the same. I was, I was still, my body was ravaged by the cancer. I was very weak. I wasn't eating well. I was hungry all the time. And no matter what I ate, I never felt satiated. I just needed like more nutrients or something. I felt like my body was craving that. And very weak. I could not even take the cap off the toothpaste. My wife had to take it off for me wow. so I could brush my teeth. Mm. And um, I just realized how dependent I had become just in that short amount of time when just a month ago I was leading my department <laughs> mm. at the hospital and I just like, I just went downhill very quickly. Mm -hmm. So you were making this decision that you were going to leave the hospital. In other words, you were gonna tell the doctor that you didn't want to follow through with the bone marrow transplant, correct? Yeah, so it was a suggestion of my brother, um, my brother Stephen, that I go to this holistic center in, in West Palm Beach in South Florida. And at first I was kind of hesitant because I thought, oh, this sounds kind of out there. But I did my research and uh, I found that there was board certified physicians on staff, there was oncology nurses, and it was a world-renowned facility. And that gave me a sense of peace knowing that I would be in good hands when I went there. And I said, well, Stevie, how much is it? And he said, I don't want to tell you. I said, why don't you want to tell me? He says, because then you wouldn't want to go. I said, well, keep in mind, I'm not working at the time. You know, my, uh, my wife is carrying the whole financial burden. This is, this is just really too much far out of the box for me. I can't even think about that right now. Mm. He says, Ricky, I'm going to ask you to register on faith. Mm. And when he said that, it was like, I just felt like something burst open in my chest. And I felt like this flower of faith was blooming. And I had to trust what that was, what was happening to me, that time and time again, people kept using that word around me, faith, exercise your faith. And here I was at a crossroads, do I stay or do I go? Mm -hmm. So then once he told me it was over $5,000, <laughs> I had like a quick reality check. I go, this is not going to happen. So then my wife and I decided to pray, as we always do when we're faced with a big decision, whether we're buying a new car or you know moving to a new location. And I said, well, if God wants me to go, he'll, he'll make a way. I'm confident of that. Just like he parted the Red Sea and he allowed them to pass through on dry land, he'll make a way for me. And if not, I'm not meant to go there. I'll stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And that was my prayer. And then we decided to write a sponsor letter, just keep it brief, like one page, and just give them the highlights. Of, this is my diagnosis. This is where I'm at now. This is where I would like to go for holistic treatments. And then uh, the only caveat to that was that I wouldn't be able to go in person because of my immune system. I couldn't be around people 
detrimental to my health. So, well, how are we going to get this message out to everyone at, at, at the same time? I don't want to just send an impersonal email. So then she gave me the idea. She was, why don't you ask your best friend to go read it for you at church? I go, brilliant. <laughs> so I talked to him. He's like, no, Rick, I'm too shy. I, I don't want to do get in front of the people. I said, would you be willing to do it for me? And he took a big gulp and he says, I'd be willing to do it for you, Rick. Mm. And he did. He got up there and I couldn't go. And back then we didn't have live streaming. You know, this was back in 2012. So I had to just imagine what was happening and I couldn't be there. And um, he said, he called me. He said, Rick, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And he said, um, I read your letter completely. He goes, you could hear a pin drop in the congregation. He goes, all you hear is sniffling in the congregation. And mm. people were responding to what you wrote. Mm -hmm. He goes, and that afternoon, uh, my wife, he called my wife and he goes, get prepared. He goes, people want to see him. I said, but I can't have any visitors. He goes, they're aware of that. And I was sitting by the living room and my wife propped me up there with my pillows and my pajamas. And I could see through the blinds, cars were pulling up and they were putting envelopes in my mailbox. Wow. Wow. And then some people actually were bold enough to ring the doorbell. They go, we just want to see you. We won't mm. come near you. We just want to see mm. you. And they will put cash money or envelopes on the table. They go, this is for you because we love you. Wow. It's okay. It's okay. And it was then that I knew that God wanted me to go to the holistic center. And I kid you not, within a two-week period, we raised over $5,000. Wow. Praise God. And I thought, Lord, you know, I just want enough money to go just to just to be there, just to listen. But I had extra. I collected five thousand four hundred dollars, mm. which was enough for me to get my supplements that I needed as well to go along with the program. Mm. So that was an answer to prayer. So now I was like, well, now what are we going to tell the doctor? Because <laughs> I'm still under his care and mm. I'm still in the hospital. So then we decided to have a call, a special meeting. And it wasn't my day to I was already in my 10 days home. And I had to go back in for my hydration because when you're under chemotherapy, they want to make sure that you're well hydrated mm -hmm. uh, for the, uh, your white blood cells to, re, uh, to repopulate and for you to get back uh, to feeling strength again. So we called a special meeting and we went to his office and I wrote him a letter. I said, Martha, I'm very emotional right now and I don't want to choke on my words when I'm telling him something so important. I'm going to write it down in case I can't finish my words. I could just hand him the letter and he could just read what I want to do. She was like, fine, just write it. So I did, and I had it in an envelope just, just in case. I had That was my backup plan, you know? Mm -hmm. So we get to the hospital, we get off the elevator, and I said, Mar I started shaking, and I said, Martha, I'm nervous to tell him that I don't want to be in the hospital anymore. She goes, let's pray. So she held my hand, and we're outside the elevator, and we're just in the hallway, and we're just praying. I said, God, give us the words, and help us to know this is the right decision. Give us peace about it, because... What if I'm doing the exact opposite of what you want me to do, Lord? I want to do, do your will, not my will. Mm. This sounded good to me, but what if I'm choosing the wrong path, you mm -hmm. know? So we went to the doctor's office, and he brought in the PA that was working with him. And they were so kind from the moment they opened the door. They go, Rick, have a seat. Why did you call this meeting with us? What's going on? How can we help you? Mm. And they sat in the stool, and they sat at the same level. And I've learned that... Um, when someone is towering over you, you feel intimidated. And they kind of broke that barrier with me. And he sat in the little stool and we were eye to eye. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he says, Rick, no one's forcing you to be here. He goes, mm -hmm. you have freedom to come and go as you wow. please. Beautiful. Which totally shocked me. Mm -hmm. He put his hand on my shoulder and he says, Rick, I don't know what I would do if I were in your shoes. Mm -hmm. He goes, all I can tell you is medical advice of how I've been trained. 
chemotherapy, radiation therapy, or surgery is all I can advise you on. He goes, but if you want to go an alternative route, he goes, I leave you free to do whatever you do want. He goes, I'll be here for you. If you decide to come back, the door's always open. Wow, that's absolutely beautiful. And that was the answer that I needed because I knew that God wanted me to to go to the holistic center. That's beautiful. Uh, you know, we've all heard a lot of stories about how physicians react oftentimes yes. to things, but uh, just to hear one that is so encouraging yes. uh, to you and supportive of you supportive. and that he was willing to be there for you, you mm -hmm. know, um, if you ever need him. That's, That's right. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So after the doctor said that uh, I was free to go, I, said, I looked at Martha and I was like, let's go before he changes his mind. And then the nurse caught us in the hallway and she says, we looked at your labs and your blood count is low and we're going to need to do a, a hydration. It's going to take two hours. So I was still stuck at the hospital and I was like, I couldn't get away. <laughs> so I was kind of worried at that point. Free, but not free yet. Free, but not free yet. Yeah. In my mind, I was free. So um, another thing I forgot to mention earlier was that right before this, um, I had reached a point physically that my body was... Um, I would get Neupogen shots in my stomach, and that was to help my white blood counts regenerate. And I would get these hot and cold spells, like chills. And I would get really, really hot, and then really, really cold right afterwards. And it would happen like every 20-minute intervals. And I couldn't control it. It's like my body was out of control. And then at one point, I was so cold that I had my pajamas on, my socks. They gave me a knitted hat, a sweatshirt, the hospital sheet, the comforter, and I was still freezing. I couldn't mm. shake the coldness, you know? And Marta's like looking at me and she loves me so much and she didn't want to be, me to be in pain. And she's like, what do you want me to do? I said, I don't know, I don't know. I said, but I just, I'm so cold. And she just, out of an impulse, she just jumped into the hospital bed with me and just laid with me and started hugging me and started loving on me. And she started rubbing me like that and just trying to get me to be warm. Sort of like when a person's like out in the, in the, in the ice, you know, mm, and yeah, they're sure. trying to get you back mm -hmm. to get circulation. And she just kept rubbing me, rubbing my head. Mm. And then just the warmth of her body, I was able to relax. And that's how I was able to overcome mm. that coldness. That's beautiful. And I just said that's such a testament to how much we loved each other. And it really tested our wedding vows because when you say that on the altar and you say, through thick and thin, or through for richer, poor, poor, in sickness or in health, mm -hmm. you know, we were being tested mm -hmm. in each of those areas because we already had experience being poor since mm -hmm. I was not able to work, and now here comes the health part, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, for better or for worse, mm -hmm. and just the fact that she loved me so much that she never left my side and she was able to bring me back to feeling. She's like Rick. She goes, you're also worried about how you look. She's like, you're still handsome to me. You're still the wow. man that I love. You're still the guy that I love. Wow. And that will never change. And that just like melted my heart. And that, that alone just gave me the will to live. Uh, that's absolutely beautiful. I mean, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. She's speaking right. life into you. Just uh, And she, like <laughs> you said, uh, those vows were, were not only being yeah. tested, she was living out those vows. Yeah. Uh, before you it reminds me of you know God again in the Bible like the parable of the lost sheep when when the shepherd found the sheep he put the sheep on his shoulders yeah. to put the warmth of his body into the weak sheep to oh. give it strength again you I know? love the imagery of that <laughs> yeah and that's just the God whom we serve he wants to wrap his arms around us and put life back into us you know um, even if it's not life in this world he's putting uh, that spiritual life back into us 
so that we can live beyond this world, you know, because it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, Pastor Bob, because that is my favorite analogy of Jesus. Mm. When I was little, I was scared of the dark and my mom always left a little lamp on the dresser and there was a little plaque, a little wooden plaque. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And it was like a little carved etching mm. of Jesus with the rod and the sheep. Aww. And every night before Aww. I go to bed, I would look at that. And I wouldn't be scared of the dark anymore. I just go to sleep very peacefully. Mm, but the fact that you brought that up right now, this is not a coincidence. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, that God is always present, always right? Present, always yeah. present. And so that's beautiful. So Rick, they they hydrated you, right? They hydrated for two me hours. For two hours. And they said you. They actually used the words, "You are free to go." Mm. And I took Marta's hand and we started walking really fast to the elevator. I go, press the button, press the button. <laughs> and we went down and we got a sign. There's like these uh, sliding glass doors at the entrance of the cancer center. And when they opened, I felt the fresh air for the first time in three weeks, mm. you know? And I was like, oh, I felt like I came into like a new world experience, wow. you know? And I instinctively just took my mask off. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I am free. Wow. I said, let's go eat. I'm starving. <laughs> I said, I want like a plate of like fruits and vegetables. I just wanted like mm. something healthy. I wanted something nutrients in my body. So let's go. We went to the restaurant and I never looked back. I never um, put the mask on again. Mm. Praise God. I just trusted that I was going to be well. Oh, that's beautiful. So from there, Rick, you know, uh, the, the money had come forward for you to go to the health center. Yeah. So, um, so as people were donating and... Um, giving us the ability to get there in person. Um, I just knew that God's will was for me to go. So I registered, so I called two weeks before, and I said, hello, I told my name. And they said, um, are you having chemotherapy? I said, yes, I am. I said, well, you're not, you're not allowed to come on campus until you detox from that. So we're gonna give you a special diet to follow, no processed sugar, no meat, uh, we want you to be plant-based, no fried foods, no caffeine, and the list went on and on and on. I said, I'll do whatever it takes. And so we want you to detox from the chemo because we don't want your body to go into shock. So that made me feel more comfortable with them, that they mm -hmm. were concerned for my well-being before I even got there. Mm -hmm. And I said, so I, I brought up the money. I said, well, do you need a, a down payment? They said, um, all we require is a payment, half the payment two weeks before and the other payment when you arrive. I said, perfect, we'll do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So I, I registered on faith, and then a month later, I, I, I was able to show up on campus. Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what was it like when you arrived and going through that journey? I mean, where were you at uh, physically and emotionally when you arrived? Obviously, you were excited because you were free. Yes. You were excited because you were moving forward in the direction you felt God was leading you. But what was it like physically for you at that point? Uh, emotionally and mentally, I was in a good place. I felt hopeful, but physically, I was still very weak. And my wife was even concerned. She's like, are you going to be okay driving two and a half hours by yourself? Because since we collected that money, it was only enough for me to go. I didn't have enough for two tuitions. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, I trust that God is going to be with me on the road. And I'll stop if I have to at the Oasis and regather myself. And then I'll continue on. So I kept calling her from every time that I stopped. I said, I'm so far. I'm an hour into the drive. And I kept updating her. And I made it all the way there. Mm -hmm. And once I arrived on campus, it was very professional. They, were, they had a name tag for me. It was like uh, everything was like they were expecting me. Mm -hmm. And I was part of a class. And I was part of other um, people trying to change their life. And that was so important to me. I felt like I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. And there was people there for different for different reasons. You know, uh, I met this mother and son. They're from Germany. 
and um, they had a, a skin condition and they were there to help heal their skin condition. I met this lady from Hawaii. She was there for her breast cancer. I met this couple from Canada and they were just there like for a spa weekend. Mm. They just wanted to just have a holistic experience and get the massages and all the perks they went along with it. So not everybody there had cancer. Mm -hmm. And that made me feel better. Like, okay, I'm not the only sick one, but there's other people here who are healthy too, you mm. know, and it kind of made me aspire to be healthy like them. Mm. And then I found out that my oncology nurse that was assigned to me, he had the same diagnosis as I did. He had wow. the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. And then I, I just had to ask him, I said, after he did his presentation, I said, how many years ago was that? He goes, I'm 13 years out. Wow. And when he said that, I felt like electricity running through my body. I was like, I can be like him. Mm. I can overcome this as, mm. as well. So what was the journey like for you? This is a three-week program, Rick? It's a three-week pro all-immersive program on campus. So um, the campus is just beautiful. It's very lush, vegetative, very tropical. They have like little cobblestone walkways in the trees. There's like little wind chimes hanging down when the wind blows. They have all these exotic flowers, orchids everywhere, very fragrant. They have like koi fish in the pond. I just felt like I was in the Garden of Eden or something. I had heard about it, but to experience it in person is like off the charts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Remarkable. And so what was the day-to-day -day journey like for you in that experience? Yeah, it was that, intense, Pastor you know. Bob. I, um, they said, we, don't, we understand that you're not physically up to par, but if at any time you feel weak, you're welcome to go back to your cabin and take a nap and rest, and you could join us for the last part of the program in the evening. But I felt that I wanted to honor all the people that contributed that sponsored me and i wanted to do everything that was required of me mm -hmm. so i pushed myself and i attended i had a little notebook that they gave me and i i went to school and i went to every class i took lots of notes and i was attentive i was asking questions and i just wanted to do everything that would benefit me mm -hmm. and i felt like i told you i wasn't alone i had other classmates with me and within they told me that i would detox 65 percent of the toxin i have accumulated in my lifetime including the chemo during this period of, of um, being there at the holistic center. And they suggested all these kind of treatments that I had never heard of before, like the infrared sauna, where you go in and you know, you're eliminating toxins through your pores. And then I went to the mineral pools and mm. they're outdoors and um, you go to a very, very hot temperature and then you're plunged into a very, very cold, like almost ice cold and it shocks your system, you know? And I was just like, I felt like a new, a new person. I felt so refreshed and even though I was, I was shocked, they gave me massage therapy, uh, colonics. Um, they're cleaning me from the inside out, basically, mm. every, everything imaginable. And uh, one of my favorite colors is green, as you can see. And, uh, they have this thing called gemstone therapy. And they said, which gemstone would you like us to use on you just to kind of give you a positive energy? And I, I said, I, whatever you think. And they said, no, we're gonna test them. And they do like, they put it over you to see, and they have like this little uh, electrometer and it registers how your body's reacting to that gemstone. And guess which is the gemstone that they picked for me? Emerald? The emerald. Mm -hmm. Because it's green. Because it's green. Yeah. And I know it was just like another God thing. It just it just happened to be the color that I love. And my body was attracting. That was healing for me, mm -hmm. that green color. They placed it over my head and over my chest. And those were the two areas that I was having the treatment. And a lot of people asked me, what is this little dent in your head? And even I was shocked. Why are if my tumors in my chest? Why are you putting chemotherapy here? He says that my type of tumor metastasizes to the brain. 
So they were just doing it prophylactically to prevent it going to the brain. Mm. So they put a little port in here, it's called an Amaya reservoir, and it was underneath the skin surface, and he would put the chemo in through there. So that's why I still have the scar to this day. So that. that was when you were at the hospital. When I was at the hospital, yeah. 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 So I didn't need that anymore. And I really appreciate what you were saying, Rick, how that you wanted to honor not only your donors, but you wanted to do all that you could to help yourself get better, yeah, right? Exactly. So you didn't want to just, even though you felt like probably many times going and taking a nap in the cabin, you pushed yourself I to go myself. forward, you know, while you were trusting in God in this journey of faith. Uh, you knew that you had a part to play That's right. and you wanted to be diligent. So I really appreciate that because it's that co-laboring between God That's and right. us, right? That we're doing our part while we're still trusting in God. Amen. And every day my, my energy level was increasing while I was on campus and they, they offered this water aerobic class. I remember I told you that I was not even able to open the cap of the toothpaste. And here I am just three days into the program eating a raw living foods diet, juicing, taking wheatgrass shots, and I'm strong enough to pick up two gallons of water in the swimming pool and lift it over my head wow. and do exercise. I mean, Just three days, into, three the days into the program. I'm doing wow. Tai Chi classes. Mm. I'm doing rebounding, which is like a, like a, 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 tra- a mini trampoline. And I'm doing all this with boundless energy. Yeah. And even people in my class would say, Rick, you look different. You got rosy cheeks today. Mm. And, you know, you don't notice the changes because it's yourself. But other people see you and they see the changes. And by the end of the week, my hair started sprouting. I started to get like a little chia pet, you know? Wow. So, Rick, that's amazing. So just to recap again, when you're entering the program, you were so weak, you couldn't even get the cap off a toothpaste. I was really dizzy. And within three days, you were in the pool and lifting... Uh, gallon jugs of water oh, wow. over your head during your aerobics class. That's that's absolutely uh, amazing. Can you back up a little bit and share with us? You talked about a a raw foods diet. You talked about wheatgrass and maybe perhaps explain to the listeners what that wheatgrass is and yes, you know so what I, the raw foods. You know, I had never heard the wheatgrass the word wheatgrass before. I didn't even know what that was, but uh, I found out that it's the most nutritional food on the planet is when you sprout something. Mm. And they informed me that one, just one ounce of wheatgrass is equivalent to eating 23 salads. That's how nutrient dense wow. it is. Wow. And that's what was bringing me back to life. So I really realized the importance of integrative medicine is the chemo that reduced the tumor that made it go away. And now I'm building my body back up. Mm. I'm trying to rebuild my immune system one step at a time. And I was feeding my body what it needed. Mm. So I'm on the next phase of my healing journey. Mm -hmm. So as I took the wheatgrass, it was two ounces in the morning, two ounces in the evening. And they try to empower us there to do it ourselves. So we go to to the wheatgrass hut. Mm. And there's all these little machines lined up, all these juicers. And we go to the fridge and it smells so clean in there. Mm. And it's because... The wheatgrass is oxygenated. It's rich in chlorophyll, which gives it its green color when it gets its energy from the sun. So it's a vibrant green, greener than this plant right here, greener than my shirt. And when you breathe it in, you just, it just feels clean, clean, crisp air, you know. Mm. And then I would juice, put the wheatgrass in, juice it, and drink it immediately. And I just, I started acquiring a taste, and kind of like my palate wanted more. The more I drank of it, the more that I wanted. I became like addicted to health and wellness. And that was the beginning of my new phase. And then I went to the lunchroom there and they had a, a buffet 
of every kind of imaginable sprout I've never heard of. Azuki bean sprouts, mung bean sprouts, alfalfa sprouts. I'm like, what are these things, you know? So so this was lunch for you. This was lunch I for mean, me. I mean, it was a sprout lunch. <laughs> a sprout lunch. Yeah. What you, so it was like what we would envision is a salad, only a salad made out of sprouts? A salad made of sprouts. Was there a dressing that went along with yeah, it? Yeah, everything was a plant-based, homemade right there. They had a, 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 a chef on staff, and then... Um, the physician on staff thought that I had lost so much weight. He wrote me a prescription for an avocado a day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was his, his plan for you to gain weight with That's an it. avocado a day. Wow. It's rich in the healthy fats. You yeah, know? yeah, sure. And there's no cholesterol in avocado. Um, and avocado is also green when you open it on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'd have an avocado breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I loved it. And I put it on every salad that I had. And mm-hmm. that was the traditional items like your carrots and your radishes and your greens, your mm-hmm. kale and your spinach, but the sprouts were the main, the star of the show. Mm-hmm. And they had all these special sauces. And the first day I remember looking at that, I was like, that's not gonna fill me up. But you are you have to chew everything so thoroughly and has sometimes some of them have pumpkin seeds on top and mm-hmm. you would squeeze lemon over it. And I would, I would experiment every day with different dressings and see which one I liked the best, you know? And I found my rhythm, what, what I liked and what agreed with me. And by the end of the week, man, I was, heaping the plate as high as I could be because I wanted more you know it was really good were you allowed to have seconds you were allowed to have as much as you wanted <laughs> wow. that's good yes it so was, so did it fill you up it did it mm. did and then um they would want us to do um our own they call them wheatgrass implants so it's like um doing an enema on yourself with wheatgrass mm. so they taught us the procedure and at first i was like there's no way i'm going to do that <laughs> that's just way off i can't even imagine doing that but then the more i went to the classes and other of my colleagues were trying it i said you know what i'm already on campus i'm just going to go with the program at least try it once mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and the reason they suggest that is that um, your hepatic vein is in the rectal area and when you put the wheatgrass implant in, it's absorbing all the nutrients and it's filtering and detoxifying your liver. It's purifying the blood wow. in your liver. Wow. And that's what purifies the blood in your body. Mm. And that's why I responded so well because my body was detoxing very quickly mm. and I responded immediately to the treatment. Wow. It was powerful. Beautiful. So you all together was three weeks, right? Three weeks. So you're, you're, you're eating these raw foods, you're, you're getting the wheatgrass. How often were you on like, what you called the the uh, the jogger the what was like a mini trampoline uh, how often did you the go rebounder on that? Yeah. a daily the rebounder the yeah. rebounder daily i did everything daily it was like a regimen they gave us time for physical and I, I love how they approach it with balance in life and harmony they gave me time to uh, do physical exercise whether it was in the weight room or um out in the equipment they gave me time to eat and digest calmly and before you know when we're running the rat race right where we're going to work and we're just scarfing down food and we're not even thinking about the food. And there they told me to take time and to just focus on what you're eating and be at peace and to eat slowly. And that's where your body will receive it well. And it just changed my whole perspective because I didn't have to rush anymore. I got to enjoy my meal and savor the flavors and understand what I was eating and how it was helping me. Mm-hmm. And they call that the mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you see a plant growing, and it, you know, you look at the outside and the color of it and the aroma, and then when you cut it and you put it on your plate, and then you're like having a little relationship with that food, and now that food is gonna heal me when I ingest it, and it's like a cycle of life, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
just the thought of it, I, I feel healthy just thinking about it. But, but you know, uh, it's so true that especially in the society we live in, uh, in America or any Western culture, the fast pace of, of the lifestyle. That's right. That you don't necessarily take time out to really reflect mm-hmm. upon where that food came from and, right. the, and the value of that food mm-hmm. and chewing it slowly enough. Uh, to get the proper nutrition out of it. I mean, I just love that thought. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, it's very healing. Yeah, very healing. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, so after my three weeks there, um, they gave us an opportunity to uh, have like a little graduation ceremony. So everyone in my class got to go up and just say a few words, very spontaneous. And I just felt God impressed upon my, my heart that I should testify of what God did for me. So I was one of the last ones to go up and I had everybody before me and they were joking and they were grateful and they were very um, hearts of gratitude, but no one mentioned God. And I said, uh, I'm going to mention God. I didn't tell anybody, but in my mind, I already decided to do that. So when it was my turn, I went up there and then this verse just came to me and it says, um, ask and the door shall be open. Seek and you shall find and knock and the door shall be open to you. And I said, that's exactly what I did on my journey coming here to Hippocrates Health Institute. I asked God for guidance of what to do, what direction I should go, and he made a way for me to be here. Mm. I knocked on the door of knowledge, and I gained so much in mm. return. And I was able to expand my mind, my way of thinking, the way I thought my life was going to go. And I've embraced this new way of eating, this new way of living with peace and harmony. And it just changed my whole pers- perspective. And at the end, seek and you shall find, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, he, if I hadn't been willing and open to, to do that, mm. I wouldn't have found this gem of a lifestyle, which I now live and maintain oh, on that's a daily beautiful. basis. So they, I like, what I like about the program there is that they set you up for success, and they have the take-home program. And they allow you to do what they did for you, now you do it your, for yourself. Mm. And that's where many people fall off the bandwagon, because they're used to being catered to. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not going to be one of those people because mm. people invested their money in me for me to be healed. Mm. And I'm going to do everything in my power to keep it up. Mm. And I, I guarantee you that it's been 11 years now. And I, week, I do my wheatgrass shots every morning. I make my smoothies. I make my 16 ounces of green juice. I even started doing red juices and orange juices and all different kinds. of. Mm. I'm going across the whole color spectrum. And then um, I realized after I had used the money for the registration and for the supplements, I didn't have any money to buy a juicer. So I called my brother and I told him my dilemma. He said, don't worry, Rick. We're going to gift it to you. We're going to buy it for you. Mm. So they bought my first juicer, which I still have to this day, my Omega juicer. Wow. And then I told my wife, I said, I need a Vitamix blender because I need to make smoothies and I need to make all these salad dressings to put on my food, on my salad. She's like, we'll buy, we'll buy it for you for Christmas. So my daughter and my wife bought it for me. Wow. wow so they gave me all the equipment that I needed to mm. continue my healthy lifestyle at home. You know, and, and again, backing up or recapping sure. just a moment where you, when you were leaving yes. the Institute and you were going home, you made a decision, which mm-hmm. is really ultimately a choice, a choice that you were going to continue with what you had learned That's because right. you knew that God had given you, That's right. uh, opened up the door for the opportunity for you, you to be there. He had given you the knowledge uh, to, to live a healthier lifestyle and you made a choice uh, obviously by his grace that you were going to continue it mm-hmm. and I think that's so important for all of us is to realize the power of choice mm-hmm. that, when, that we need to choose that this is the direction that mm-hmm. I need to go 
and because once we um, waver too much, mm-hmm. you know, it's when the old habits start to come back exactly. and the old lifestyle comes back and we fall back into a rut, mm-hmm. which praise God, this is 11 years later That's and you're right. a living testament. Uh, you look great. Uh, you, you, you still glow, <laughs> you know, and uh, you, you have your health. You know, uh, it's funny when you when you said that, because when I got back home, my wife says, looks like you've been on vacation. You've been at the beach. Are you lying to me? I'm like, no, I'm serious. I was at the, I was at the Institute every day because I had rosy cheeks. I had like a tan. Yeah, sure. But it wasn't a tan from the sun. It was a tan from other nutrients in my body. Mm. My color just came back. Wow. I was literally glowing from the inside out. Wow. So when I came back a month later after being at the Institute and I went back to see my medical oncologist, from my regular conventional follow-up treatment mm-hmm. um, appointment, he saw me coming down the hallway. He's like, you don't have to even come in the exam room. I'm taking one good look at you. You are the picture of health. Wow. wow. And I was like, That's I feel, beautiful. I said, I feel that in the inside mm. as well. I said, I feel whole for mm. the first time in my life. I felt whole mind, body, and spirit. That's like beautiful. everything was aligned mm. never before. And I have so much energy and I felt so happy and so light. And I knew that, I listened to the voice of God and I made the right choice, as you mentioned. And that one choice or these series of choices brought me to this point in my life. Mm -hmm. So you come back home, right? Yes. Uh, Obviously, you're greeted by your your wife. Yes. What was that uh, transition like for you? Uh, Leaving the Institute, coming back home, seeing your wife again. It was a celebration. They had a banner. My wife was a school teacher, so she had all the little kids put their handprints mm. and I said, Welcome home, Dad. Wow. And my daughter was there with balloons and we just celebrated. we just hugged each other and I was thankful to be alive. Amen. He gave me a second chance. And I was so grateful that I got to to witness that and to be on the other side. Amen. Praise God. That's absolutely beautiful. You know. Uh you almost got me in tears here, Rick. So <laughs> sorry, <you know>. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You know. Um, so after that, um, I still, my goal was to get back into the workforce and to go back to my job that was waiting for me. So, um, I got back to work six months earlier than expected because remember I was supposed to be on these protocol that would take, it would have taken a whole year mm -hmm, to complete the mm -hmm, eight rounds. mm -hmm. But since I checked out of the hospital at only three rounds, I was way ahead of schedule Mm -hmm. and I came back to work in January of 2013 which is not even a year. It's That's only beautiful. six months later wow. from when I was diagnosed. I was that well. And Rick, this is this is the job that you had, the job uh, that I had before. taking a break at, from uh, Ormond Beach, correct. right? The manager at, at the hospital the as a manager of the radiation department. therapy, where your your staff at the time had prayed for you That's originally. Right. So here you are having an opportunity to come back to work. That's absolutely beautiful. So That's I didn't tell anybody that. that I was coming back. Only my director knew. And when I walked in the first day, you thought they saw a ghost. They couldn't believe that I was me mm-hmm. and that I was um, well. Yeah, praise God. And um, they were so happy. And uh, I just went right back into the swing of things and into mm. my routine. And that's beautiful. I felt better and stronger than ever before. Mm, that's absolutely beautiful. A lot of Rick, mental clarity. <laughs> yeah, Rick, our, our time in this uh, segment is coming to I an totally end. totally understand. Again, if you would... Uh, what would you share with the audience, key points uh, from this as a takeaway uh, for them before we close? I would say to be open to new experiences because sometimes without wanting to, we we, kind of put blinders on and we think that there's only one path for us. Mm. We kind of have to close off other options. And had I done that, I would have not had 
this rich, robust experience of what I had. I met new people from all parts, and we're still friends on social media. We still communicate with each other. And they send me emails like, Rick, you look good. I saw your recent post, you know, and it just opened up a whole new world to me. So I would tell our listening audience is that um, don't rule anything out unless you try it because maybe that's just one thing that God, you know, sometimes we talk about door, the God closing doors, but maybe he's opening up a window for you. Wow, that's beautiful. And he wants you to fly through it. Th that's absolutely beautiful, Rick. And when I think of that, when you're mentioning that, how oftentimes in our life's journey, we're driven by fear. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, when people get cancer, uh, we're driven by fear oftentimes because we think maybe there's only one way to deal with it. Uh, and that fear drives us, but you, as you mentioned, to be open, right? Perhaps God is uh, leading you in a different direction or um, uh, other, other opportunities for you that could be a huge window for you. And, and I think of that verse that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, that God wants to drive out that spirit of fear and enable us to just have complete trust and complete rest in Him. And from listening to your story, it seems like that's what God was building in you, was learning to trust and learning to rest, rest in God. So again, listening to Rick's story for all of us in the journey of life, God wants to give us all peace uh, and rest in Him. And we just want to encourage everyone uh, who's listening to learn to trust in God along the journey of life. If you would like to, again, uh, connect with Rick or connect with us, you can do so at loveshape.life. Uh, send us an email and uh, we will uh, connect with you to do whatever we can to help you uh, in your journey of life as well. May God be with each and every one of you.